Happy Sabbath. All right, shall we uh, open up with a silent word of prayer? Amen. All right. Um, welcome to Sabbath School. Um, this morning, Kanad went over um, some nice thoughts. And um, one of the thoughts that I want to ask everyone to just hold on to uh, as I present is that this message is life or death. And um, there are many other thoughts, but particularly that one, just um, when I, when I, as we go through this, Go through it with that, in those lens, with that thought in mind, that it's life or death. And hopefully, these things will, will make a huge impact on our hearts, convicting us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and that we can go forward making the changes um, that are necessary. Now, the Bible says, while men slept, the enemy sowed tears. This is spiritual, amen, but it's also natural. All right? It's while you sleep in the midst of the presentation that the enemy sows tears. And Sister White makes, makes it plain that it's really a sin to sleep in the presentation. All right? So I encourage everyone, if you feel, if, if by chance the spirit of sleep is coming upon you, and keep in mind, you don't have to be tired. Satan does this. All right? You don't have to be tired. It's not because you're tired, maybe. It's, it's Satan does this. And it's a fight. You have to fight it. Okay? So, amen. And we just have to fight it. That, that's the key. Fight um, to stay awake. Stand up. Wash your face. Do whatever you need to do. But stay awake. Amen? Amen. So, um, Romario went over this thought in some um, earlier, finishing the transgression. And I'm just going to add some thoughts to it. But again, keep the mind, keep the lens on the life and death portion. All right? So, Daniel 9.24, we know it very well. Seventy weeks are determined upon uh, thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and, and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Today, I want to focus on the finishing of the transgression. Just that part. All right? So, um, skip Psalms 119, 101. I know I kept today, but I, this morning I was trying to remember why I had it there. But let's go down to the quote from the Zaf Ages. I mean, Diana Revelation from Uriah Smith. It says, 70 weeks then, or 490 days of the 2300 days, were cut off, cut off upon, uh, allotted to Jerusalem and the Jews. That, that's kind of specific, right? Cut off for whom? Jerusalem and the Jews, which means there is something in there for all those who claim to be Jews, right? Especially even at the end of the world. There's something we must understand, I could not went over it, about Christ's ministry, right? That allows us to get the next part. So it says, and the events which were to be consummated within that period are briefly stated. The transgression was to be finished. That is, the Jewish people were to fill up the cup of their iniquity which they did in rejection and crucifixion of Christ. Now, there's another aspect of that I'm, I'm aware. Um, putting an end to finishing the transgression is you actually going to the cross, right? You actually um, allowing um, God to, you actually drinking that full cup. Amen. Amen. So you also have to drink that cup, right? So you asked me to only focus on the one where the Jews were going to crucify Christ, but there is the other way you have to crucify self. All right? So it says, 
um, they did that in the rejection of Christ. And the end of sins, or sin offering, was to be made. This took place when the great offering uh, was made on Calvary. Reconciliation for iniquity was to be provided. This was made by the sacrificial death of the Son of God. Everlasting righteousness was to be brought in. The righteousness which our Lord manifested in his sinless life. The vision and the prophecy was to be sealed up and made sure. By the events given to transpire in the 70 weeks, the prophecy is tested. This is how we make sure of the prophecy. We have to go back and test it. Right? Now, keep all these, all these that I just read is really the second coming. Right? The making an end of sins, bringing in everlasting righteousness, making reconciliation. Those are fulfilled perfectly at the second coming. Amen? <laughs> all right, let's continue. So, it says, by this, the application of the whole vision is determined. That means by testing it. If the events of this period were accurately fulfilled, the prophecy is of is of God and will all be accomplished. And if these 70 weeks were fulfilled as weeks of years, then the 2300 days of which they are a part are so many years. Thus, the events of the 70 weeks furnish a key to the whole vision. The, the, can I um, touch on the key? The 70 weeks is the key that opens the sanctuary and the whole vision bringing you to October 22nd, is the key that closes the sanctuary, right? Because the, the Day of Atonement is what? It's the close of the yearly round of ministration. But on that day itself, you have an opening and a closing, which you see in the Miller and Miller history. So they came to a close, which was the close of the gospel. But in the close of the gospel, there is the opening and then those are things we know. When you receive the latter rain, you first receive the former, followed by the latter. Amen? So um, it says, And the most holy was to be anointed, the most holy of the heavenly sanctuary. In the examination of the sanctuary, on chapter 814, we saw that a time, when, a time came when the earthly sanctuary gave place to the heavenly, and the priestly ministry was transferred to that before the ministry of the sanctuary commenced uh, to that. Before the ministry of the sanctuary commenced, the sanctuary and all the holy vessels were to be what? That's what, that's going to just went over that too, right? Showing that you must receive an anointing in order to give a message. Right? Amen. So it says, the last event, therefore, of the 70 weeks, here brought to view, is the anointing of the heavenly tabernacle or the opening of the ministration there. That was the opening of the heavens. Why am I saying that? How did John see the ministration there? What does the Bible say? And the heavens were open. And what did I see? The seven golden candlesticks. And I saw one sat upon the throne and, and, and he had a book in his hand, right? And then he says, and I saw... This, the, I saw Another door was open, and I saw the Ark of the Covenant. So when, when, when it says here to anoint, um, when, when, when Uriah Smith says here, the anointing of the heavenly tabernacle or the opening of the ministration day, you could mark that squarely at 34 AD. What opened in 34 AD? Stephen saw Christ. Amen? The heavens opened. Amen? The work began. Now the sanctuary was anointed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it says, thus, and keep this in mind, the first division, the what division? The first division of the 2300 days brings us to the what? What does it say? It brings us to the commencement of the service in the first apartment of the heavenly sanctuary. And the whole period brings us to where? The commencement of the second apartment or the most holy place of that sanctuary. I want us to see this. The first division was only allotted to the Jews. Right? But the whole was allotted to whom? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. The whole world. Everybody's following? Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. All right. We, we'll come back to that in a little bit. I want us to see that. 
the Gentiles were all, is also supposed to finish the transgression and bring in everlasting righteousness and to make reconciliation for sin. We must see that. But to the Jew first. Amen? Let us continue. Sister White, uh, what is that? Deserve Ages 233. She says, The burden of Christ's preaching was, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Thus, the gospel message was given by the Savior, as given by the Savior himself, was based on prophecies. The time which he declared was uh, to be fulfilled was the period made known by the angel Gabriel to Daniel. Seventy weeks, uh, said the angel, are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. The gospel is for the world. Amen? The Bible says, go into all the world, teaching them the gospel. And right here in um, the 2300 days is the gospel. And as Canada rightly brought up, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the what? Of the gospel. What, is the, what did Ellen White tell us the gospel is about? Daniel 8, I mean Daniel 9, 24, right? To bring in everlasting righteousness. To, she says, when Christ came preaching the time is fulfilled, that's what he was teaching. Amen. So then Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the what? 490 years was cut off for the, for the Jew. Amen? And also to the Greek. Paul understood these things. Right? In, in, in here in his words, that he was teaching that very thing to the Jews. You, that was for you, and now this is for the Gentiles. So what was the transgression? Right? Um, Romario went over it a little bit. But what does that word transgression mean? To finish the transgression. In H6588, transgression, it says from 6586, uh, a revolt. A what? A revolt. And in bracket, it has national, moral, or religious. I love that. I don't know who. The Lord allowed him to put that. This is nice. Right? Because on October, um, April 19th, what did the churches receive? A moral, fall. a moral fall. Amen? But let us continue. It says national, moral, or religious. All right? Um, H6586, H6, it means to break away from just authority. All right? So the Jews broke away from what? Just a thought, but so did the Gentiles. Because on August 11, 1840, according to Revelation 10, the angel that put one foot on the sea and one foot on the earth is, is announcing what? His authority. Isn't that what Ellen White tells us? It represents his authority. Where do we find Christ's authority? In the fourth commandment. Right? So what did he come to bring back after the, after the Jews did what they did? And then the Gentiles, did the Gentiles not crucify Christ? Yep. Where do we find that in the scriptures? Revelation 11. So after the Jews crucified Christ and the Gentiles crucified Christ, then Christ came to, to stamp his what? His authority. Everyone's following? All right, so one of the, one of, one of the to, to, to transgress is to break away from authority. And that's what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. They broke away from authority. Amen. So let us continue. It says, from PREX 1, that's called Prophetic Exposition, Volume 1, 130, Paragraph 2. It says, 70 weeks, or sevens, are determined or cut off for them to accomplish the national transgression and make an end of sins. This now should bring our mind to which nation? At the end of the world, right? Amen. The Jewish nation naturally, but spiritually to what? Because it says 70 weeks are determined to do what? To bring in national transgression. Amen. Amen. 
Ah, that's nice. Yes, that's nice. That answered a question I had. Because one of the questions I had was, why is it that God gave the Jewish nation a theocracy, but he gave the American nation a republic? One is religion, and one is civil. That's what Kanadja said. One, the Jews, the America finishes what the Jews started. Ah, praise God. That, that answers my question. Praise God. So 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 says, Whosoever cometh sin transgresseth also the law. For what? Sin is the transgression of the, of the law. So this national transgression is against the law of, of God. Everyone's following? All right. Now, um, keeping this in mind, in, in, in reference to what Kanar went over earlier, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Is death. So what the Jews did is what? Life or? Death. It's life or death. Amen. Right? And what America is going to do at the end of the world then is now what? Life it's life or death. That's why I say study this with that thought in mind. This is about life and death. Sin is the transgression of the? But there are religious laws and there are civil laws. Amen? Let us continue. Exodus 20 and verse 2 and 3. What did the Lord give them in Exodus 20? The law. Amen? So how did he begin? Verse 2. I am the what? That's the law. Amen? I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other what? Gods before me. Now, notice when he said, I am the Lord thy God, all uppercase. Lord, L, uppercase. God, G, uppercase. But then he says, thou shalt have no other what? Lowercase gods. Because there can be another uppercase God. Amen? There's only one uppercase God. And that's the divine creator. Right? So when he's giving them, he says, Thou shalt have no other lowercase gods before me. All right? Now, Misha, was that a hand? Yeah, his authority is, um, the reason why I'm saying that is because in the only commandment with his name, Territory and um, title is the fourth, right? The fourth is the thing that binds all the other laws. Yeah, because without the fourth, you can ascribe this to anyone. Yeah, you could ascribe this to anyone without the fourth. Well, you only seen it because you understand the Sabbath, Allah, trust me. Because you have that reasoning to, to build on, right? Someone who don't have that would be like, okay, well, my God is the stone. Yeah, and they'll just be like, my God is whatever, and they'll take that and just ascribe it there. But when you come to the Sabbath, it tells you who this God is, Amen. right? So, so you're right, but you, you still, but you need the fourth. That's why the fourth shines brighter, all right? So Isaiah 33, this, Christ says, I am the Lord thy, thy God. So let's see what is, the Lord, what is our Lord. Isaiah 33 and verse 22 says, for the Lord is our what? Our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. So Christ is our judge and king. Those are the two I just want to pull. Yes, he's our lawgiver. But if you're a king, then you're a lawgiver. Amen? And a judge. So a judge and a king is the same person. Everybody follow what I'm saying? All right. Let's go, let's go to Psalm chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, Be wise now, therefore, O ye what? Kings, be instructed, ye what? So kings are judges. I'm just making that point. I'm letting the Bible explain to us what the, what the Lord means when he says, have no other gods before me. Amen. Go ahead, Kenner. I was going to say, a king makes law, but a judge judges the right and the wrong in the law. Amen. And in some instances, though, that king is the one that makes that judgment. Yeah, because it's God. All right. And so I just wanted to bring that up. The Lord separates things for us because we're, we're finite. And he separates these things to give us better understanding so we can isolate a king and we can isolate a judge and study them individually. But in God is all things. 
right? And that's one of the things we have the difficulty of doing, seeing all things in God. And so he separated them, so that, and he made them into, the, in, the, in fact, in the natural, you have to separate them. Because the natural man can't handle, you know, the blending of these natures, right? Christ was the only one that could have handled the blending of these natures, all right? So, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear whom? God, honor the? Fear God, uppercase G, right? Honor the king. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, oh, I skipped one verse, right? The reason why I'm bringing this up is I want to show you how closely God has associated the role of a king to himself. Right? He says, fear God, honor the? Honor the king. The verse that I skipped, Exodus 22, it says, Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the what? So king, ruler, judge, God is all the same. All right? And the reason why um, in, in, in Exodus 22 it says God, lowercase g, but when you go in the revised version, it says thou shalt not revile God, uppercase g. They're both right. This is what I want us to see because First Peter teaches us that God identifies himself closely with the rulers of this earth. It says, fear God, honor the, honor the king. Yes. Amen. So I just wanted us to see that. God, 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 that's why he could say, thou shalt have no other what? Gods before me. Because he identified himself with those titles. All right? So the word God, lowercase g, yes. Yes. Amen. Because they just now set a God before the true God of heaven. Amen. So, um, the word God, lowercase g God, comes from H430, and it means it's Elohim, right? And, and then it means, first, the supreme God, but also occasionally applied by the way of deference to whom? Magistrates. Magistrates. So here we see that in this one word, God associates himself and man. In this one word, humanity and divinity is combined. Yes, go ahead, Kenneth. Yes. Yep. So, amen. And, and, and another meaning here is judges. I just want to see that. Now go to Exodus 7 and verse 1. And the Lord is, is putting his words into um, practice. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made the what to Pharaoh? A God, a lowercase g to Pharaoh. Amen? Amen? Moses was a ruler over Pharaoh. Amen. Moses was a judge over Pharaoh. Amen. Moses was a king over Pharaoh. Amen. He'll make us kings and Amen. priests. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to Daniel 11, 14, right? It says, now... As I have that there, let's just go to the chart real quick. Um, Ezekiel 21, in relation to this image, what does it say? No, this one. What does it say in relation to this image? And why am I pointing this image and not that image? Okay, there is no crown on this image, right? There's a crown on that image. And what does Ezekiel say? Remove the diadem, take off the what? Crown. Who, who wears a crown? The king, and he says, I will overturn, overturn, overturn until he comes whose? Right it is. And the reason why I'm going there is this. If you have this crown, you're exalted of heaven. Right? If you have this crown, you're a king. And the rule is to that king, thou shalt have no other gods before me. All right? Now let's go to Daniel eleven fourteen and read it in that light. It says, and in those days there shall stand up many there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the robbers of that people shall do what? They shall do what? Exalt themselves. Right? Did not the robbers of that people take the crown? Yes, that's what it says, right? I'll overturn, overturn, overturn until who comes is? And Christ came in the time period of the robbers of thy. They had the crown, but they were exalting themselves. All right? But there's two phases to that kingdom. Amen? All right. That, that was the first. Um, this text is highlighting it as a whole. We know um, it begins with paganism. 
But there's a second phase, Daniel 11.36. It says, and the what? The and the king shall do according to his will, and he shall what? Exalt. He shall exalt. That's the second part. Mm -hmm. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every what? God. Every lowercase g. Mm -hmm. Amen? And shall speak marvelous word against the what? The God, uppercase G, of God's lowercase G. Amen. Right? So, um, paganism, they lifted themselves up above the rest of the earth. Amen? They, they were that supreme nation. When they used they, they use civil uh, authority to do that work. Right? They, they, they used their armies to do that work. Paper Rome, when they came in, they use religious things to do that work. Both of them doing the same work of exalting. Amen? Paganism used the cross to crucify Christ. Right? Papalism used the Bible to crucify Christ. I mean, papalism. Right? They used the Bible to crucify Christ. Amen? They used spiritual things. Because when the French people did, did what they did in Revelation 11, what was they trying to get rid of them? What were they trying to get out of their mind? The papacy, right? The, the one who claimed to be the vicar of God. They were trying to get rid of that because it was in their minds, right? So one deal with the mind, the other one deal with the outward, right? I just want us to see that. So they, they both exalt themselves against the God of, of gods, one naturally, the other spiritually. All right. So now let's go to Daniel, 20, Daniel 2 and verse 47. Nebuchadnezzar recognized that. And the Bible says, the king answered and said unto Daniel, the king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is a what? A God of gods. Right? So, uh, and then in other places the Bible tells us, king of kings. Amen? Yeah. Right? And um, he's a God of gods and a Lord of lords and a revealer of what? Now take that to the very first text can I read this, this morning. Who remembers it? The secret things belonging unto the Lord that we may what? Do, right? So when Nebuchadnezzar got this revelation, why did he get it? Because he had to do something. And when you come to Daniel 4, what did Daniel tell him? Break off your sins by righteousness. Do something. So it is a sin not to recognize the God of gods. Right? It's a sin to exalt yourself, exalt above the God. It's life and death to do that. Amen. Amen. Because Christ's ministry was what? Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people to what? To do these things. Right? It, that's the whole point. They had to do them. But they did them. They only did them on the wrong side of the law. All right? Amen. What shall I render to, to God for all his benefits towards me? Every revelation is a benefit. All right? So let us continue. Um, this is Miller. Just adding, not Miller, PSC. Um, what was that again? Probably. Something, probability of the second coming, yes. It says the term God in scriptures is sometimes used to denote civil rulers. In this sense, it is evidently used in the text. The Pope of Rome magnified himself above all what? All civil rulers. And trampled them under his feet. Pope Paul IV says, says the historian of the Council of Trent, never spake with ambassadors, but he thundered in their ears and he, that he was above all what? This is nice. You know why this is nice? He claims to be the vicar of God. And what does he do? He thunders. Amen. So what does the God of God do? That, that's, that's, what, that's what the seven thunders is. He thunders, it says, that he was above what? All princes. That's what the seven thunders is designed to teach us. That Michael is the chief prince. Who comes at the end? And at that time shall what? The chief prince stand up. Amen? Now that, amen, that's nice. It says, and that he would not, that, that any of them should be too domestical with him, that he could exchange Kingdoms. This is Daniel 2. He removeth kings and 
Set it up, kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise. This is the papacy claiming to be God. All right? Go ahead. So then, could we not say the seven thunders is the sound of the rock being cut out of the mountain? The rock, the rock has been being cut out of the mountain since Eden. Right? But yes, every, every generation you have to hear the rock. Be, you have, because it says it became a glorious what? A mountain is not made up of one rock, right? The Lord is just piling them. The Lord. Amen. Let's continue. Scroll on to 1 Samuel 8. This is, this is the transgression. We come into this transgression, right? Because the Lord said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And I went through all that just to show that we, that we know, we understand what, 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 what the Bible means when he says no other gods, no other um, small g's, right? Amen? Amen? Amen. So it says... In 1 Samuel 8, verse 5 and verse 20, it says, And he said, And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a what? A king to judge us like all the, like all the nations. Or make us a God to judge us like all the nations. Right? Where do you see that also? Mount Sinai. Up, make us what? Make us gods. Right? Make us a ruler. And they'll say, these be thy gods who brought us out of Egypt. So it says, verse 20, that we may also be like the nations, and that our king may what? May judge us and go out before us to do what? And what? Fight our, our battles. But in Exodus 4. Yes. Yes. Amen. Everybody's following? Amen? Yes, Alright, let us add to that. Exodus 14 and verse 14 says, The Lord shall do what? That's what the Bible says. Amen? They were blatantly disregarding all the things they received in, in the wilderness. Right? It says, The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 30 says, The Lord your God which goeth where? Before you. That's what Canada is just saying, right? Thou shall have no other gods be before Right? But instead, they put another, they said, give us a king to go where? Before. Right? It says, the Lord your God which goeth before you, he shall fight for you. And if you make another God, then you expect that God to fight for you. Amen? Amen. According to all that he did in Egypt, for you in Egypt before your eyes. Now, the warning. The Lord does not destroy without a warning. So let's look at the warning. Leviticus 26 and verse 1. Now, I want us to bring into mind these United States. Right? The, 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 the promised land is typifying the United States. Amen? They, when they went into the promised land, they, had all, they got all these rules from Moses, right? No other gods before me. And the Lord gave them a law when he set up that nation. Amen? Take that mind now to our time, to these United States. It was life and death back then. Because when they said, up, make us gods, what did the Lord do? What did he tell Moses in the mount? Let me alone that I may what? Destroy these people. Right? Because he just told them, thou shalt have no other god. And what did they say? Up, make us. Up, make us gods. Right? So at the end of the world, the Lord set up this nation and he gave them a law. And what does this law say? Thou shalt have what? No other gods. So what are they going to say at the end of the world? Up. Make us what? Make us gods to go before us and fight our and fight our battles. No, it's not different. But I want us to take this thing closer to home. When we don't do what God says, we're saying we are the God that go before us. We must understand that. This is why we can't go out there without we can't go teach people this message if we ourselves are not surrendered to the God of God. Amen. We must surrender ourselves to the God of gods. And I think this is what um, the Lord has been trying to awaken us to. Right? To that surrender. 
right, so that we can go forward. So the Lord gave them this one in Leviticus 26. Ye shall make no idols, nor graven image, neither ray you up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down to it for what? I am the Lord your God. Ye shall keep my what? So what comes with the Lord being our God? The Sabbath. Right? Ye shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my what? Cannot talk about those three things. What must be there? The Sabbath, the sanctuary. What does it receive on October 22nd? The spirit of? The spirit of prophecy. Amen? Amen. It says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you what? Rain in. This is the United States, right? This is what the Lord is telling the United States. Right? Because he gave them a constitution. What's the, what does Ellen White say lies in the constitution? Power and prosperity. Right? If they keep the constitution, rain in due season. Right? So it says, um, Then I will give you rain in due season, and your land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your Threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach in unto the sowing time. And he shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell how in your land. Can we really dwell safely in America these days? That, that has gone. So what, does that what is that teaching us? America has rebelled. Right? And so right now, 9-11 they, they teaches us that. They attack them on American soil. Th their safety, gone. It says, And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will read evil beasts out of your land, neither shall the sword go through your land. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. That was a time in America, right? Did not America chase the British? Did they not fall by the sword? Did not America chase um, Germany in World War I? Did they not fall by the sword? It was a time when America was fulfilling those very things. In fact, the 40s, 50s, and 60s was America's prosperity. America boomed in that time. In fact, 98%, something else is 98%, uh, uh, over 90% of black people were married. Black homes were between that. And likewise with the white people. The point I make, that was the boom time. Because the people were living somewhat in accordance with God's law. So there was no enemy that could have stand before the United States. There was no, 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 there was no, no, um, America was booming money-wise. Everybody had a house. Everybody had a car. But the Lord was really prospering this nation. It's right here in the scriptures. That's what he said he would do. He said, keep off his promises. Amen. It says, and I will give you peace in your land, and you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. There was a time when nobody was afraid in America. Children was outside all the time. Right? All the time. Nobody was afraid. Now you can't even go to school. Right? Now everybody's afraid. Nope. It says, um, verse 8, And five shall of you shall chase an hundred, and an hundred shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemy shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply, and establish my covenant with you. And you shall eat all store, and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. The Lord, did he set his tabernacle in this country? He gave the sanctuary message to people in this country. Amen? And then he says, And I will walk among you, and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the 1260. Amen? That ye, sh ye should not be their bondmen, and I have broken the bands of your yoke, and made you go upright. Now let's continue, verse 14. But, if you will not hearken unto me, and will not keep the constitution, and if you will despise my statutes, the amendments, or if your soul abhor my judgments, the laws that are made in Congress based on the Constitution, amen, so that ye will not do 
all my commandments and that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I even will appoint over you terror, amen, consumption, COVID, and a burning ark, amen, that shall, that, that shall consume the eyes. You know, if the eyes is consumed, what are you? Blind. Is America blind? Yes, they're blind. Look at the road we're heading. They're blind to the Constitution. Did COVID not blind Americans? Did they not accept this? If you don't take the vaccine, you can't go to work. Did they not accept this? This law is for terrorists. That's what, that's what it is. They're blind. Right? Because the, because, because the burning og and, and the consumption, that's what it does. It consumes the eyes and causes what? Sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. And they that hate you shall what? Reign over you, and when you shall flee, and you shall flee when none pursueth you. Verse 20, uh, verse 18. And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me. So this first portion of the punishment, keep that in mind. It's an early, what, what we're experiencing, I believe that's that portion. Verse 14, come down to verse 18. That's where we're living in now. Right? The time of the judges. Amen. When, when people are getting blind. Right? But now, he says this one more time. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sin. What's the first thing? Verse 19. I will, you will repudiate the Constitution. Because the pride of this country's power is the Constitution. Because it says in it, it is power and prosperity. Right? And, and when they make this son of America, it's just going to be terrible. But let's continue. It says, And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as who is the iron kingdom? In the third, visiting iniquities in the third and fourth, in the brass and the iron kingdom. Amen. Amen. Ah, that's nice. This is why he opened up Daniel 11 3 to us. That's the, no, Daniel 11 3 is the brass. Wasn't it? They about to get the iron. Amen. So let us continue. Yeah, you're right. The, the iron curtain. It says, And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. Now, Going through that, I was talking about our time. But I want us to keep in mind also the natural, right? It's important. You must understand the natural. Amen? Or you won't see your time, right? I, I wouldn't be able to say this if the Lord hasn't given me a, a small view of the natural. Amen? So let's go back and let's look at what Sister White says here about the natural. She says, Moses traced the evils. Leviticus was written by Moses. Amen? Another text I don't have in here, but in Deuteronomy 28, what did Moses say I placed before you? Life or death. Life or death. Keep in mind, this is life or death. Amen? It's life or death to know which God you serve. So it says, Moses, Moses traced the evils that would result from the departure of the statutes of Jehovah. Calling heaven and earth to witness, he declared that if after having dwelt where? Law in the what? Okay, how long have, we, have they been dwelling in the United States? Man, it's been a long time. All right? It says, if after having dwelt long in the promised land, the people should do what? Keep that in mind. Introduce corrupt forms of worship. What's the next thing? Bow down to graven image and should what? Refuse to return. All right. Have they introduced corrupt forms of worship? Because the church has received a moral fall. Amen? And since then, what have they been introducing? Corrupt forms of worship. Amen? The next thing is bow down to what? Where does that take us? Where does, if any man worship the 
beast and his image. That's the next step. But what is the last part? Refuse. So what goes along with the bowing down to image? A message. They're going to refuse a message that says what? If any man worship the beast and his image. Right? All this is talking about our time. All right? It says, if they refuse to return to worship God, the anger of the Lord will be aroused, or the wrath of God will be aroused. Um, from 1989 to now, have we not been seeing the wrath of God in type or in measure? Yes, right? A few drops. Amen. Then she, said, then, then, then she continues, And they will be carried away captive and scattered among the heathen. Ye shall soon utterly perish off the land, whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it, he warned them. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. Is that not life or death? Yes. If you do this, life. And if you do this, death. Right? Then it says, And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And, where ye sh and there ye shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. This prophecy fulfilled what? In part in, part in the time of the judges. And this is why we're seeing some of the things we're seeing now. We're living in the days of judges. How do we know that? What is a judge? What is another word for judge? We went over it this morning. God's magistrate, another word. Ruler, another word. King, that's the one I'm looking for, right? King, what did the Lord teach us in Daniel 11 verse 2? The kings, the standing up of the kings. Amen? This is what the Lord is saying. This prophecy is fulfilled in part time in the days of the kings, the judges. We're living in the days of the judges. Amen? And from time to time, the Lord raises up messengers with messages to go to his people. Amen. He raises a politician to, this is where we're living right now. In the days when all men do the things that were what? Right in their own eyes. You, you're a woman? Fine. It don't matter what kind of um, genes you have. It don't matter what body parts you have. You can be what you want. It leads to the Iron Kingdom. Nope. He's going to say, me, I'm the only God, and you're going to do what I say. All right? It says, fulfilled in part in the time of the judges, met a more complete and what? Literal. Literal fulfillment in the captivity of Israel in Assyria and of Judah in Babylon. Right? And Babylon, um, that, that, that here is the Sunday law. This is when God's people is fully in captivity. Amen? So we're living in the time of the partial fulfillment and heading up to the time of that captivity. In Satan is really going to take men's hearts. All right? Now is the time we have to prepare ourselves. So let us see how God's people reacted. This is the mistake we can't make. This is the transgression we can't fall into. All right? Because it's life or? The wages of sin is? is death. That's what it tells us. It says, the Lord was not pleased with Israel because they chose a what? Because they chose a king. Not just because they chose a king, but they chose an earthly king. I want to, are we to choose a king? Yes, choose the king of kings. Amen? Because the, Christ says, I always do the things that what? Please thee. But here it says, the Lord was not pleased with Israel's choice. All right? The Lord is not pleased with, is not going to be pleased with America's choice. Continuing on. I should skip some of that. Go down to the next bowl. I'll just, yeah, I, I encourage you to read the story. But let's just look at the bowl. It says, they did not in their what? In their spiritual what? Because their eyes were consumed. Isn't that what Leviticus said? If you don't hearken, I will bring you what? The burning argue and the consumption to consume your eyes. Right? Then it says, They did not in their spiritual blindness look beyond Samuel and discern that it was the word of God that they were hearing through his servant. 
No. Jeff. They didn't listen to Jeff. Because they didn't hear God's word in that. They didn't listen to Mark. Because they didn't hear God's word in that. And they don't want to listen to us. Because they think we're just men. That's the other question. Amen? It, because you are blinding your eyes when you don't know. Who you, obviously, if you don't um, accept the, the warning. The warning is to wake up. Amen? All right. So let us continue. Um, next bowl. I'll just go on to the next bowl. It says the power, the wisdom, and the might were in heaven, but they wanted it where? They wanted it upon the earth. It was God, their mighty king, but they wanted it visibly embodied in a man. You know, they tried to do that with Jeff. That's what they tried to do. They tried to embody the, the movement in Jeff. Our brethren across the seas, they try to embody the movement in Mark. But we must embody the movement in the man Christ Jesus. But it's also going to be embodied in you. Because the Bible says Christ in Yes. Christ is born to give people what they want. Amen. Thank you, Sasha. That's Sachi. why they're going to crucify the church. They get what they want, but they don't like what they don't like when it comes to Amen. Amen. It's just showing us that the people who try to embody these men didn't understand the message. If they understood the message, they would have seen the fruits. And it was not the man they was following, but what? But the message in the man. Amen. Amen. It says, it was, God, it, was of, it was of God, their mighty king, but they wanted it visibly embodied in a man. It in this light, God accounted it what? Sin. sin. The sin of Israel, a rejection of himself. That was the sin. That's the sin we too have to put away. All right? Are we rejecting the message? Are we rejecting the things that the Lord is calling us to do at this very moment? Because he says, if you keep my commandments, blessings. But if you don't, what? Cursings. If you keep my commandment, life. But if you don't, death. Are we keeping the commandments? What are the commandments? What is he commanding us to do? What are the secret things that he revealed to us that we may do all the words of his laws? Right? That's what he's calling us to do. Let us continue. It says, if they had cherished a sacred Reverend what? If America had kept the first angel's message. Because what, what does the first angel's message say? Fear God. Fear God. Right? And give him glory. Because why? All of his judgment is come. Did they have the same message? Moses says, fear God. Hearken unto God or you will be scattered. It's the same message. But they refused. It says here, if they had cherished a sacred reverend fear of God as their supreme, what, as their supreme ruler. What's the supreme law of this land? The Constitution. Amen. It says, um, as their supreme ruler, they would have never invested authority in human power to be controlled by it. This is what we have to take to the United States, this message. We have to show them, look, you're going to do this. You're going to do, Israel did it, and you're going to do it if you don't turn. Amen? But what did they do? <laughs> Let's read it. Israel chose a king against the protest of the Lord. Protestants, they chose a king when they had the moral fall. The state is going to choose their king. Uh, in fact, they chose their king once they made that gay law. Yes, they chose their king. Right? Against all protests, they chose a king. Amen. Go ahead, Michelle.
With their life. Yeah. You give glory by coming out of the world yeah, so and living that life. We have to allow Christ to come in us and arise and shine. Yeah. Right? Because, we, yes, we are to give that light to the world. Right? And giving glory is also giving that light to the world. Because the Bible says the whole earth will be full of His glory. The light that's going to come, God is going to have a people that accepts that light and lives that light. And Christ says, ye are the glory of the world. And that city that is set upon a hill cannot be, cannot be hid. Yes, you are to give it, but you must first get it. Buy of me gold tried in the fire. I saw um, white raiment which is the glory, that thou mayest be clothed, right? And I saw that thou mayest see. Yes. Yes, and we glorify him by keeping his commandments. It's, it, it's simple when you reason it out, right? But we need power from Christ to do those things. Amen. It says, Israel chose a king against the protest. America is a Protestant nation. Amen? Amen. And they're going to choose a king on the backdrop of them being a Protestant nation. All right. It says, when they were separated, the ten tribes came to the point where they were, no, where they were compelled to say, we have no. So the ten tribes did it. What did they say? We have no king. And the Lord says, I will be your king. Again, they said, no, we must have a king. The ten tribes is the Protestants. Who's remaining? Seventh-day Adventists. Yep. Amen. So it says, and they had another one, and that was the last. And then they had neither king nor kingdom anymore, but were carried captive and lost forever, because they would not have the Lord for their king. Continuing on. Um, it's all in one story. When they rejected God, they did so against his... Now, this is Judah. Okay? And chose a king whose name was Saul. This is Judah now. Amen? It says, The Lord saw in their rejection... The Lord saw in that the rejection of Jesus, their king. I think Romario read this quote. Right? And, choose, and, and the choosing of Caesar... And Barabbas, their rejection of Christ and choosing of Caesar was only the certain logic of their rejection of God and choosing Saul. When they rejected him and chose Saul, the Lord knew that they would reject him and choose Caesar. All right. So um, I'll end here. There's a lot more I wanted to bring in, um, but I'll end here because I, want, I just want us to see that we have a choice to make. Are we going to do what the Lord says to do and choose, uh, and, and choose him? Or are we going to do what we want and choose Saul? Right? There was a part here I didn't read, but she says, when Samuel protested, they said, Samuel, you don't know what you're talking about. They said, you don't see how we live. You don't see our oppression. You don't see this. You don't see that. We want a king anyway. Are we saying that? Lord, you don't see my bills. You, you don't see... Um, my, my relationships with my family. You don't see my condition. Right? That's another one. I don't see it the way you see it. Right? It, this is what, we're doing the same thing. And if you, if you go down that road, then you are picking a king. You're picking a king over the king of kings. You're picking a king, a god, over the god of gods. And this is what Satan said, you shall be as, as God, knowing what? Good. When you, when you tell someone who, teach you to, who, who brings the truth before you that you don't see it as they see it, you're saying, I am a God, knowing good and evil. That's what you're saying, right? Hmm? The ultimate God is self. This is what I want us to see. The ultimate God you're picking 
is yourself. You're picking your reason over God's reason. But the Bible says his thoughts are not your thoughts. Not his ways, your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thought. So when you pick your thought above his thought, you're exalting yourself above the God of gods. Right? Amen. The God of thoughts. And, and we, we, I just really want us to see, to finish the transgression is to stop putting our mind above God's mind. That's one of the ways we finish the transgression. Amen. And we were all conceived in sin and shaped in iniquity. And because of that, we were born putting, God, putting our thoughts above God's thoughts. And the Lord is saying we need to finish that transgression. All right? And it says to the Jew first. We are the, the, the Jew first. We here in this room, those um, some who watch in the video, we are the Jew first who must finish the transgression before we can go to the Gentiles and tell them, those Adventists who are in the world, all the people of the world, tell them they too need to finish the transgression. Amen? I want us to see Daniel 9 is for the whole world. It's not only for Adventism, but the Lord says, to give the world an example, I'm going to give it to the Jew first. The Daniel 9 was only cut out of Daniel 8. So that the world can have an example of what Christ means by uh, how long shall be the vision concerning the daily and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden on the foot. And the answer came back, unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be... Did not Christ cleanse the sanctuary in the Jewish time? He was giving people an, an understanding because she says, when Christ cleansed the temple, he announced his mission to cleanse the what? It was only given to the Jews for a brief moment so that the world can have an understanding of what it means to cleanse the temple. And so when you come to October 22nd, uh, as a matter of fact, when you come to 1798, the Bible says, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and... Because everyone should have understood what it meant to cleanse the temple. Amen. He cast out the papacy. Amen. I really want to say, the Lord is really giving us a, a, a depth through his messages that, that we've never had before. I, I, I didn't see these things before. They was always there, right? I didn't see these things before. I, I want to encourage everybody to look at these things. Put them in the light of the time you're living in. Put America into it, but more so put yourself into it. Lord, where am I having another God before you? Because that's the transgression. We're Sabbath keepers, amen? And we would say to ourselves, well, we keep the Sabbath. But if we're putting another God before God, we're not keeping the Sabbath because we don't know who God is. That's what it teaches. It teaches we don't know who God is because something else is our God. And so when we break this law, when you break one, you break what? That's what the Bible says. Just by introducing another God, you're breaking the fourth commandment because the fourth commandment tells you who God is. And so we might come here every Sabbath thinking we're safe. What is the Lord commanding us to do? That's the question. What is he commanding us to do? And if so, are we doing it? Because if not, we're a part of the transgression of the Jews. And the Lord calls upon us to finish the transgression. And we teach we have found the, well, the Messiah came in the time when man was supposed to finish the transgression. So I pray that we'll finish the transgression. I pray that we will recognize what the Lord is doing, recognize what he's commanding us to do, and do it. Because that's how you finish the transgression. Had the Jews put Christ in his rightful place, they would have really finished the transgression. We must put Christ in, the right, in his rightful place in our hearts so that we too can finish the transgression. And then, then the Lord can send us to the Gentiles. Amen? Amen. Shall we close here with a word of prayer? Merciful Father, Lord, we thank you so much uh, for your grace and your mercy in these things that you continue to teach us, Lord, and you continue to open up your way to us. The way, O oh Lord, which you say is in the sanctuary. We thank you, Lord, that, that you've uh, in many ways opened up our spiritual eyes, but Lord, in many other ways we are blind. 
And we pray, O oh Lord, that you'll please uh, touch us. Uh, Lord, put that clay on our eyes, Lord, and strengthen us that we may go to wash, that we may come seeing and understanding what, is, what it is you have called us to do here at the end of the world, so that when we come face to face with you, Lord, that your glory will not consume us, but that because we too will be clothed in that glory, Lord, we'll be protected from the bright rays of your righteousness. We thank you, Lord, for the blessed Sabbath. We thank you for these truths. And we pray that you'll forgive us, Lord, for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that you'll create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.